each day, when you put your head on the pillow to go to sleep at night, do you have one moment that you remember from the day gone by that, that you, ch- that you cherish and treasure? And a lot of days we're all so busy. We don't have one moment that we, that we kind of take with us and remember from that day. So it's a really easy practice that can bring you a lot of joy. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Let's dive in and get started. Today's guest is Dave Romanelli. Dave is a number one best-selling author, international speaker, and a guide to bringing old wisdom and ancient healing practices into modern life. He wrote the must-read books, Happy is the New Healthy, and Life Lessons from the Oldest and Wisest. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you. It's really great to be here. So I'd love to start by asking you this. For someone who is feeling overworked, overscheduled, and overstressed right now, what would you tell them? I mean, I think everybody is, it's global, this situation that we're all in right now. Everybody's feeling that pressure of juggling the economy, the uncertainty, if you have kids, you know, how to keep your kids engaged. Um, It's just a lot for everybody. So we're all in this together. And I think there's sort of a fork in the road where some people are like, I'm drowning in, in anxiety and uncertainty. And some people make a decision to rise above that. And it's really a, a choice that we make each day. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, so much of your work, when I listen to your talks, which I highly recommend people go check out Dave Romanelli's talks on YouTube and his books as well. But you, you have a, a great theme in a lot of your work about showing up fully in life and not missing the important moments and you have some great stories. I'd love you to tell the listeners about the time, you know, you went to the World Series with your dad, which really seems to um, really capture this whole notion of showing up and not missing yeah. those big moments. Yes, I'm, I'm a huge Dodgers fan. I grew up in LA. I was 15 when the Dodgers were in the 1988 World Series. So it was game one of the World Series. My dad took me Dodger Stadium, Upper Decks, left field line. I mean, you can imagine how excited I was. Dodgers were losing bottom of the ninth, two outs. They were down to their last at bat. They called to bat their MVP that year, who was a guy named Kirk Gibson, who was so badly injured. He wasn't even playing in the game. So he limps to the batter's box and you're just wondering, I mean, how's this going to work? He could barely walk. If he gets, if you know, he could barely run to first base, let alone second or third. So he has two quick pathetic foul tips Oh, and two, you're just waiting for him to strike out. You're going to go home, bummed out. And then boom, Kirk Gibson gets a hold of the pitch, towering fly ball over the right field bleachers. The Dodgers dramatically win the game. They go on and win the World Series. It's one of the greatest moments in American sports history. And I'll tell you where my dad and I were sitting when he hit that home run in the backseat of his car, driving down the 405 freeway because my dad wanted to leave early and beat the traffic in the parking lot. So we missed <laughs> one of the greatest moments in sports history to, to beat like 20 minutes of traffic in the parking lot. And I, I always tell that story because it's a reminder that we're missing the important moments 
in our lives, maybe not because we're leaving early, but just the digital distraction and the, we're pulled in so many directions. And, you know, we could have these beautiful, profound moments that we only experience with a fraction of our attention because we're just, we're all so distracted. So it's, it's worth having a conversation about that. And what do you, what do you recommend people do to, to become more present? Are there any skills that we could develop that you, that you recommend as far as helping us become a bit more present for these important moments? Well, you were saying meditation. I mean, I found meditation several years ago and absolutely found it to be game changing. Um, I have an, I teach meditation now and I have a, I'll give all your listeners, I can give you a link and I have this free 30 day series. And I, I tell stories in the beginning of each of my meditations like that Kirk Gibson story. So it, it grounds the meditation in conversation and, and story and reality, and then lead into a moment of relaxation. And to me, that's a game changer just to give your mind a chance to unhook itself from all the stimuli. It's just so much. And there's, our headspace is so clouded with life and it's just really hard to get, to get a moment for yourself where you can get back to enjoying life when you're just distracted. So meditation is a game changer. Um, that's number one. I found that to be number one. And beyond that, I mean, I think like you just have to wake up and appreciate and be grateful. Um, you know, I told you in the beginning, before we talked that, and I'm totally upfront with this, that my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia on May 1st. And it's been the biggest wake up call of my life because you suddenly forget all these things that you're worried about and, you know, things that you're stressed about and the preciousness of life. And especially when it's your own child is the most profound wake up call, because as long as you can start your day with the gratitude for the basics that you're you, you're, you have each other, you know, and you can breathe <laughs> and, you know, you can figure the rest of this shit out. But to me, that's the number one is like, how deep is your level of gratitude? How, how willing are you to explore gratitude? And if you've got a bunch of stuff between you and, and that basic sense of gratitude, then that's also an important step. It just to clear the clutter. And I know you've said before, I've heard you say before that you need to be a badass to be grateful. And it's so true. I mean, it's, it, it's hard. It's like, like what you just said. I mean, there are so many things that happen in life. I mean, it's really hard to, to wake up each day and be grateful, which I guess is what you mean by you really have to be, it's hardcore to be grateful. Yeah. yeah there's a leading researcher on gratitude. His name's Robert Emmons. And he said, Gratitude is morally and intellectually demanding. And by that, it's, it's easier to wake up and focus on what's wrong and the problems you need to solve and all your headaches and issues, because that's kind of our default. And it takes strength to be like, you know what? My kids are good. I've got a roof over my head. It's a beautiful summer day out. And when you focus on that, it, you have to be kind of a, a badass to be able to get your head out of all the problems and focus on what's good. And most people don't live like that. So yeah, you have to be a badass. Dave, um, so you've, you've written a book about happy is the new healthy. I mean, why is, why is happiness so good for our health? What, what are some of the things that you discovered 
about why happiness can be, uh, you know, be good for our health? Well, the book, happiness, I mean, listen, happiness is a different conversation now in the time of a pandemic and it's not go out and celebrate and flaunt your joy. I think happiness now is what I heard a really interesting um, take on happiness that it, there's a difference between being happy and doing happy. I think pre COVID it was about being happy and you, how you expressed your joy and what you did in the community. But I think now it's doing happy. And if, when you do act, when you perform acts of joy that from your heart to the heart of another that bring out their joy, it's, it's turning happy into an action, into a good deed. Um, I think that's more the relevant definition of happiness in this, this time that we're all enduring right now. Um, the happy is the new healthy was my, a book that I wrote that was inspired by a lady I met who lived to be 111 years old. So I knew her the last three years of her life and she had this called a super centenarian. So there's only about 60 people globally who are 110 or older. So it's obviously very rare. They're called super centenarians. And what makes them tick and that level of longevity that they have is really interesting. So this 111 year old lady, when I asked her, what are your secrets, happiness and health and longevity? How did you manage to get to be this old? She did not say I'm gluten-free and she did not say I do yoga and meditation. And you know, she's not on the low carb diet. Her three tips were sex, vodka, and spicy food. <laughs> and that joie de vivre is very, is a common thread that we see in the oldest people among us that they take time every day to enjoy life. And regardless of your income level or, you know, how good you're doing right now in your career, you still can take a moment each day to relax and, and take a deep breath and, and enjoy. The oldest lady ever, her name was Jean Calmont. She lived to be 122. So she died in 1997, 122. She ate two pounds of chocolate a week. So, you know, just like, what are you doing each day when you put your head on the pillow to go to sleep at night? Do you have one moment that you remember from the day gone by that, that you, ch that you cherish and treasure. And a lot of days we're all so busy. We don't have one moment that we, that we kind of take with us and remember from that day. So it's a really easy practice that can bring you a lot of joy. So did, so to do that, that, that's such, I've heard you say that before about, you know, days, weeks go by, months go by that, you know, you can't remember anything, but do you consciously go in like each day and like in the morning and say, all right, What's going to be the one thing, I mean, maybe more, what's going to be the one thing I'm going to remember? And then do you take time at night to like reflect a little bit? Do you have like a practice where you really kind of apply I mean, what you just said? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not so neat and tucked. My, my life is as crazy as anyone right now with my, you know, my daughter's healing journey and getting chemo treatments and, you know, the intensity of that. and and. I want my son to feel loved in, in the mix. And, you know, my wife is a working professional. And so we are balancing a lot and it's not always, it's not always so neat, but most days I wake up really early and I go out like, you know, 4am sometimes earlier before the kids are up and I go outside and I sit under the stars and I meditate and I, I take a moment to reflect on what's great in my life and look at the stars 
as cliche as it sounds, it just is so relaxing to have nothing pulling on your mind. <laughs> and, and I have that moment. And that's usually my favorite moment of the day, aside from the ones I share with my family, is that's my favorite solo moment to just be free and clear of life and just to, and to get a reset and recharge and, and feel that like pure joy. So I do that every day. Yeah. Almost. That's great. And then it's a man. That's a freaking mess. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. You know, that's, I, I was telling you earlier, I find that I have to reset my meditation because I have a, yeah, I, I'm, I'm same as you, Dave. I mean, I'll have a great meditation in the morning and then things just happen. And I'm like, I better get back outside and meditate for another five minutes or something because, you know, it requires you to like reset it constantly. Um, so the last time we spoke, you were working on your book, um, Life Lessons from the Oldest and Wisest. I'd love, do you have some, uh, a few of like keys that you learned from talking to some of these folks, some of the things that really stood out to you that you learned from some of these elders and of the oldest and wisest people. I mean, I think our listeners would love to hear some of what you uh, took away from, from that. Yes. So I expanded on the happiest, the new healthy and started interviewing older people all over the country. And I did continue to do, it's been delayed with the pandemic, but these events called drinks with your elders and we bring old people in isolation out of the shadows and back into their community. And, and they have, we have these events where they share their stories with younger people like you and me. And I wrote a book about what I learned and, you know, a lot of great lessons on resilience because that generation, the last time that the world went through something so uncertain as COVID what had to probably be world war two. And some people came out of that and remain scarred to this day. And some people came out of that and, and decided they were going to take their hard knocks and learn from it and lick, you know, heal their wounds. And like one lady I met who vividly recalled the, uh, she grew up in London and recalled the bombing blitzes by the Nazis and just destroyed London. And she actually lost a couple friends when they were kind of running for shelter. And she was so, everything was destroyed. And she was so moved as a young girl by the kindness of strangers to take in her and her family. And they didn't know her, but they, they, they sheltered her. And that, that shaped her whole life. And now she's a, a grief therapist on the, in her 80s. She's the first one called in on the front lines of the opio- opioid crisis in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. They call her in in, like, in moments where people are in, in grief. And, you know, that the whole thing shaped her life. So I think what I mean by that is that some people will allow this time to shape their future and their career. And some of us are just going to get stuck in the past and why can't it be the same as it was before? And I think that's going to be a difficult path. But if you allow these lessons and challenges to shape you, a lot of these elders I met were shaped by what they experienced in World War II. Some weren't, and I find their lives to be more difficult. So that was a big lesson, resilience. Um, Another one is just you have to have a sense of humor. Uh, There was one lady who wrote me a a great text. I was checking in on her as an elder, and she hadn't seen anyone in weeks because the elders are so isolated during right now. And she said... Um, imagine, um, you know, all these years where you thought you could die from unprotected sex and now you could die from an unprotected handshake. 
something like that. I thought it was just so funny, you know? <laughs> Here's a lady who's just completely lonely and isolated. And she, that sense of humor is very healing to remember, to laugh. And, you know, sometimes we all have to loosen our grip and just find the joy. Um, and, you know, I think the other lesson that is very common is, is the, is the uh, I continue to say this joie de vivre and the ability to, no matter what you're going through, find a moment to celebrate life and be grateful and talk about your gratitude. Because if you're not grateful for what you have right now, how are you going to be grateful for what you hope to have in the future? You know, it's sort of like ingratitude is a disease and there's always something that you need and there's always something that you want and then you get it and you need something else. And it's just a sickness. It's cliche. You've heard this, but there are elders who are like that and they're grumpy and worried and resentful. I mean, I'm sure we all know elders like that. And then there are elders who there's a sweetness to their existence and they enjoy the stage of being older in their life and they're going with the flow and it's the best time in their life instead of longing for the past. And they generally, those are people who you want to be around because the elders who are lonely are, they've lost all their family members or the family members aren't that close with them. And loneliness when you're older is oppressive. It's really oppressive because you can't just go to yoga, walk outside and go on a run. You can't just shake it off and do your thing. When you're very old and you're lonely, it weighs on, it wears on you. And you need people to come and visit you and come and love you. And if you don't nurture those relationships earlier on in life, it, it, you know, there's a toll that, and a price that you pay later. So there's a bunch of stuff I've learned that teaches you how to live a little differently when you're younger so that it pays off when you're older. Without question. It's interesting because the, the laughter part, I, when, I, when I, did the longe- I did a longevity movie a few years ago, and I, and I had the good fortune to interview this woman. She was 101, Marie. And I found out about Marie because the postman in our, in our town would say, oh, you got to talk to this woman. She hops in taxi cab. She's like 100 years old. She's coming into the post office. She's doing errands. She's running all around town. And I said, oh, great. Yeah, I'd love to talk to Marie. So I, I spoke to her. The two things that really stood out were her curiosity just had a very curious mind and her laugh. She had the loudest, most infectious laugh that I've ever heard. Like, and she was a nurse at Pearl Harbor. I mean, she was literally there during the bombing. <laughs> and, wow. uh, but just that laugh was just, and she would mail me. At, so she would, she would call me up at various times. Mr. Pearlman, and she would go and she would go on and just uh, she would tell me stories and she would send me letters about other hundred year old people in in neighboring towns. Um, unfortunately, she's passed on, but I but I feel she I hear that laugh with me all the time. I mean, it's it's amazing. That's interesting how you hear the laugh, you know, when someone has a great laugh, it, it rings through, rings true and rings through. Absolutely, Dave. Um, so couple other questions that I'd love to ask you. If, if anybody is, is listening right now to this, this show and they're feeling a little powerless, a little hopeless about their life and their future, what might be one thing that you'd recommend to them to, to begin to take their life in a new direction, something that they could maybe do today? When you spend too much time isolating, um, which I've been doing, just, and you know, there's so many things that I'm juggling at home, 
And I finally last weekend went and saw a friend. I maybe you're not supposed to do that during the pandemic, but I, I needed to, and it circulates all your thoughts and <laughs> it's like fresh air because when you sit and you're having the same conversations with the same people all day, every day, you just, it's not healthy and you go crazy and you're more likely to get resentful or frustrated. So whether it's, you have a zoom connection, the glass of wine and reach out to somebody or and even if it's difficult for you to make us to do a social outreach because you're not in the habit of doing that, you need to flush out your thoughts and invite somebody different into your sphere. Because right now, I think everyone's struggling with being isolated. So it's a couple ideas. Totally, totally. Um, Dave, if you had the opportunity to, to travel back in time, say 35 years, what might be some words of wisdom that your current self would share with the younger Dave, say 35, 40 years ago? Oh, I love that question. Just relax and enjoy and trust you, trust your journey. Trust your journey is the most important message and just take your hands off the brakes and enjoy these times in life because it, it, it works out and all these pieces fit together even when they don't seem like they will. Enjoy it more every day. Note to self right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.